See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game, hell of a game. Snap is back to Hoyer, throwing open. Howard breaks a tackle, 15-10, five, ends up, touchdown! Touchdown, Bears! Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop. A team that is known as Wait, fake. Cutler sidestep to the pocket, avoiding pressure. Now winds up throwing deep down the right side, going for Jeffrey. He makes the catch inside the 10-yard line. Down near the five. Throw it up and get it. Jeffrey did. Jeffrey outleaps him 49 yards. Bears Hour Live with Lauren Cox and the draft doc, Philitoshin. With me, as always, are the superfans. I'm smarter than the average bear. (laughs) Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. You are listening after the Chicago Bears' big upset victory over the Minnesota Vikings 20-10 on Monday Night Football. It was almost like a different Chicago Bears team on the field tonight as seen with Jay Cutler back in the lineup. The offense absolutely dominated the Vikings' top-ranked defense, and the Bears' defense itself had a pretty easy time against the Vikings' poor offensive line and shut down Sam Bradford for for four quarters in this game. Phil, but we have to start with the quarterback play for the Chicago Bears. It was the return of Jay Cutler, all the question marks about his health, everything with Brian Hoyer, and the the start Hoyer campaign seems to be pretty quiet at this point after Jay comes out, goes 20-31 for 252 yards and a touchdown really carries this offense for quite a bit of this game. What what do you have to say about the way this quarterback played tonight? Listen, you saw the passion and the fire in this guy. All the rumors and the narrative of this doesn't matter to him and doesn't mean anything to him showed in the emotion of this football player. I've said it for his whole time in Chicago. You surround this guy with a defense, a running game, and support in, in, in drafting offensive linemen, young offensive linemen, not guys plucked from other teams that you're fitting together, drafting talent on the offensive line, supporting your quarterback that shows on the national stage time and time again, making plays, making other players better. That's what a good to great quarterback does. Surrounded by shitty defense, All quarterbacks fold. You saw it on Sam Bradford's end. Bad offensive line. Quarterbacks fold. Your quarterback, Jason goddamn Cutler, played his ass off tonight. And and there's no denying that he was the, the impetus of victory. It's very clear that this team was inspired by him. And we're going to get all into it. I know people are going to want to jump in and call in. But really, the reality of this game, obviously on the legs of Jordan Howard, an inspired defense, and Jay Cutler checking time and time again out of plays, trading and making the play the appropriate call. Those things don't go in the stat sheet, but Lauren... Just his presence on the football field. He steps up into the pocket, feels a free rusher, finds the running back, Jordan Howard, flicks it to him. That's the stuff that happens. Bootlegs out, recognizes there's a free rush, squares his feet, delivers a strike to uh, the tight end, uh, Miller, 
He carries the football, gets eight yards. Now you're in second and short. It was continuously putting your offense in positive positions. And then you had Alshon Jeffrey drop, not be aware and turn, clock his head, get your hands up for the football. That would have been an easy touchdown. It was a perfectly thrown football. Anybody saying anything different doesn't understand timing routes against the corner on a on an out route, on a flag route, or a post route. They're a timed decision, and that was perfect. Then the ball to Alshon Jeffrey. He wasn't himself early. He admitted himself. And finally, I mean, delivering a perfect strike, which was the game sealer, putting the Minnesota Vikings and dropping their sails, so to speak, on a perfect slant ball off the mesh point with the action fake. Look at the handwork that he had, Lauren. Delivering a strike, touchdown Jeffrey, Chicago Bears, Jay Cutler, deserves this kind of victory, and I was proud to watch it and be a part of this show, Lauren. And, you know, it's the same Cutler after the game, too, the same leadership that it, it makes it makes you proud to have him as your quarterback because they, they asked him after the game about his performance. He said it starts with the game plan, Dowell and the staff, you know, and that's a heck of a team we played, and guys made plays all over the field, and our defense held them. You know, never once was that, yeah, you know, I, I fired some great balls downfield. I, I did this, I did this. It was, well, offensive coordinator, our defense, looking at how everyone else did, and I just kind of did my part, and that's exactly what you want to hear from your quarterback, and that's kind of a different tone than what you heard from, from your head coach. Even after this game, he had some line. I don't have the exact quote in front of me about how, you know, Jay had something to do with the, you know, he, I think it was something like, Jay played very well. Yeah, here we go. Jay played very well. He might have been part of the reason guys stepped up. He's not, you know, he's not, John Fox <laughs> will never, never take the blame on himself. And when something goes well, he'll never give it where it, where credit is due. It was like, oh, Jay was, was, was part of it. It doesn't want to admit that, he had been making a mistake keeping Cutler out these last couple weeks and trying to create this controversy with the Brian Hoyer. He can deny as much as he wants, but at the end of the day, it's pretty easy to see when John Fox is lying, and he's, he's been doing it again even after a big win. Yeah, that's called save your own ass. That's what they call you. They call that, and anybody that's watched the tape, studies the film, understands what this guy brings to the quarterback position. And mind you, was asked by a former NFL coach who happens to be a relative, when was the last time the Chicago Bears supported a quarterback that was behind center? It's never happened. So there is a distinct distrust at that position. This guy has proven time and time again, not only to get up, but he wins and he does things that others have not been able to do. Is he a perfect quarterback? I've never said that ever in his career. He's a gunslinger, as as Chucky said tonight. He is, but he played smart football tonight. The one throw to Miller coming in the scene where he just has no balance and just throws that strike on a deep in cut about 18 yards, that I don't think you can even understand how difficult that is. And then the best throw of the night was incomplete, Lauren. I said it would have been one of those memory throws that you remember Johnny Knox in the back of the end zone. He's stepping up. The guard misses his block. He's going to get hammered, and he knows it. He throws a perfect, once again, timing route to uh, Zach Miller, who slips on the soldier field. Slip count went up seven. He slips on the soldier field turf can't get to his route and turn his head and 
he and both Jay Cutler knew they had a dime ball there. I'll put it up this week because it was perfectly executed. It would have been nice. I don't really talk about woulda, couldas in a situation like this, but I know this game. You got the perfect matchup. You had the perfect play. And when you stand in there and he took a shot right in the chest plate and stood in there and delivered, that kind of stuff stays with you. Bears fans, I don't know how you convince yourself time and time again not to support this guy. Victories are all that matters. Draft picks are will come and they'll be busts, but winning is contagious. And one other thing that somebody smart said to me, maybe the benching of Jay Cutler, him being not injured, ready to go versus the Jags. I've told you this on the Daily Dose for the last month. He was ready to play. John Fox could deny it all he wants. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Rappaport, Schefter. Every person you could think of talking about Hoyer, the guy. Oh, consultants. All this drama, Lauren, roots to one thing. On the national stage, you sat this guy. He gave you the opportunity to win tonight. The legs of Jordan Howard carried the football team. It was just a great win even though you're two and six it was much needed against the bye and you never know what can transpire thereafter yeah you know you mentioned a little bit and it's it's kind of come up in and out it through what we've been talking about with jay cutler but i want to get your opinion on the game plan and the, the play calling from dowell loggins tonight because there were certainly a lot of times when especially that first touchdown drive it was very impressive mix of play calls but at the same time there, it, it felt like there were too many times when they got away from the running game and there were a couple of certain situations. On the, there was a third and two, I remember, where they came out in the gun, I think three wide, one tight end. I don't remember 100% sure on that. And there were a couple a couple individual plays like that where guys just weren't – the play calling just didn't seem to quite be what you would want. But at the same time, the offense put up 20 points, probably should have had a lot more, but they were in control for much of this game. So what, what's your opinion on how Dowell Loggins did in this game? And is it is it enough to be – confident in him moving forward because we've been pretty harsh critics of him but w- w- where do you stand on him after this game I look at Dal Loggins and I see I've tweeted it out I know there's a lot of followers chomping at the bit you know I said that was the best play call using sets and plays to go and combat one another stacking plays that go off another play making it look as if it's going to be a similar play and booting out of that. Then when you're up 20 to three, you try to get too cutesy and creative. That's where I have my issues with Dahl Loggins. There's that boot that's unnecessary. You're in the shotgun. Now all of a sudden you do the fake mesh and you're booting Jay. And now it's it's third and two. Power man block this. Give it to the big back. Yes, Jay saves his ass and makes a play, completes a pass for a first down. But ultimately, the two cutesy stuff went away. They they went to the play call, the Philatotian script, power run game with this running back who has balance, vision, power, and patience. He showed this all there, and and you use that when you man block. You don't have the athletes to zone block all the time getting in the pistol and trying to run that zone to the split end side the short side of the field it's it's not working it never does work for you 
you're waiting on the cutback. If you're not holding those offensive linemen accountable, it's not going to be okay. But Loggins took a step forward, Lauren, but ultimately the creativity, get away from the cutesy. Uh, Get under center and fake ball running the football, fake ball schemes like that. Get out of the shotgun when you're up 20 to 3. It just it pisses me off sometimes. Yeah, I, th- I think we're on the same page here in the sense that it was definitely a step in the right direction, and it's very encouraging progress from your offensive coordinator, but it's hard to be convinced necessarily that anything is fixed long-term. I mean, no one's sitting here saying, oh, yeah, throw out everything we've seen all season from Dowell Loggins. Let's keep him around for sure next year. I mean, it was kind of like, okay, this is this is nice. Let's let's see some more of this before we start to be convinced that he's you know the real deal necessarily. But you're right about uh, seeing more man concepts. And I think a couple games ago, it might have been even been last week, there was only one or two man concept runs. But this week, looking at the numbers now, we have looks like four counters called and a, a number of regular straight man blocking with some misdirection. So you, you, they were definitely uh, definitely working in less of that zone, like you were talking about, you know, because the offensive tackles are playing poorly, because the guards are playing poorly. And ultimately, it helps spring Jordan Howard to some huge gains, and he was really consistent on the ground, like we talked about. It was kind of just a matter of time before, you know, another game like this for Jordan Howard because we knew he was capable of it. The Bears just needed to keep giving him the ball and keep giving the ball. And that, another step forward for Dowell Loggins in that sense because – they did keep coming back to him. It wasn't after that. I tweeted after that 69-yard run that sarcastically that, but they you know they better put him on the bench and we won't see him again until the second half because <laughs> that had been the story of the season. But they did actually keep him out there and and they did consistently give him the ball. They should have given him the ball more. I think they should have kept it on the ground even more and taken the ball out of Cutler's hands more. But ultimately, they got the job done and it's and we should stop being negative at all about this offense because that was that was a very very welcome sight. Oh, it was a welcome sight, and you really have to give credit because you're down two of your best offensive linemen, and the uh, credit goes to Ted Larson and and Brian Cush for stepping in there in the rookie center, Eric. Really, sorry, Eric Cush. Thank you, and stepping in there and playing their asses off, playing inspired football. I felt like the energy of that football team, especially on the offensive side of the football. Lauren, you joked about it, but the reality was. There's no reason why Jordan Howard wasn't starting last game or the game against the Jags. I love Kadeem Carey. I'm a huge fan of his. But the reality was the tape doesn't lie. The kid makes tacklers fall. He is constantly moving. And it's and one thing I pointed out it was disappointing on this offensive line, especially Massey and Leno, is when this kid's running, they stop blocking on contact. They're not playing to the whistle. Had they continued the vibe of energy and, and mauling this team, it could have been even more embarrassing to a shit-talking Viking team coming in here 5-1 and one, and the B.J. Rydells of the world talking smack. Even I thought that this t- offensive line wasn't going to be up to par. They really set the tone of this Chicago Bear victory I really believe it was a, a, a total team effort. I don't want to give just one person credit. I just felt there anybody ignoring the elephant in the room that Jay Cutler starting out there against the Vikings on the national television. He's been hammered and hammered and 
and totally neglected by the, the coach and all this drama. And he goes out there, not only plays his ass off, but really is the impetus of a victory by moving the chains, keeping drives alive, getting in you, getting you in scoring position in what could have been a bigger day for Cutler. But there's no denying this young rookie is a superstar waiting to happen. I mean, let's just look at that football player and that big 69-yard run. I blame the coach. The uh, running back coach, Lauren, I'm I'm yelling at my screen. That kid on my team would never get to that second level and not switch the ball to his right side hand and free up that left hand for a stiff arm. I think he just destroys the safety with that free hand and walks into the end zone. It would have been an epic run for this young man. Still was great, but it would have been even better. And we'll we'll take in calls a little bit earlier in the show because they've been they've been starting to come in. So caller, what's your name and uh, where are you calling from? Joe, Chicago Bears AFR. Oh boy, Cue look it at up. this guy! Cue, it. Cue up the music for Joey. Joe, <laughs> Joe, let me ask you a question on the show because Joe's a frequent caller. How sure? How did you feel when Jay Cutler took the field and you just? saw the Jay that you've been talking about all week on Twitter. Uh, just talking about it now gives me goosebumps. <laughs> I, uh, I saw that I, you were teary-eyed. Yes. Uh, at, 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 the, at the end, um, to, to see Jay Cutler come out and play the way he did, uh, you know, to finish drives off, to go to, to actually provide what Hoyer couldn't, and that's going in for the kill. Mm-hmm. Was just it was it, it was beautiful, you know. <laughs> uh, seeing seeing him actually have the run game of Jordan Howard to for him to be able to feed off of that run game, and and just you know. Going, going through the progression, giving, taking what the defense is giving him, and yeah, you know what? He hit Alshon in the back of the head. He made a couple. He made a, maybe a couple throws that were not were not the greatest. But I think that was mostly just you know shaking the rust off. What do you expect from a guy that was held out of the practice facility by his own staff? You know, I mean, come on. So. It was, it was great uh, to all the Hoyer supporters. Uh, I don't know if this is a family show or not, but y'all can go f- yourselves. Uh, <laughs> Whoa! Jay, Jay, Jay is our leader. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it, all right. Actually, you know what? I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's just how I. That's just how I feel. I'm, I'm tired of the, the. I was just so happy to see the way he had played tonight. Uh, especially without long and sitting, my biggest concern was Jay's health. You know, it was Jay going to be able to be upright. And honestly, I thought Dowell dialed up for the most part, a pretty solid game to keep, to keep Jay upright. Um, and it was, it was really nice to see the way the offense moved the ball, but also to see the defense have the, have the chance to play with a multi-possession lead, pin their ears back, and attack Sam Bradford. 
You know, and, I thought tonight was the most complete game we've played all year thus far. Yeah, and Phil and I didn't get a chance to get much to the defense before we started adding in calls here, but absolutely great game yeah. played by a lot of those guys, especially in the front seven. I, I mean, Akeem Hicks certainly stands out with the two sacks, and he had a number of other hurries on top of that. Made a couple of nice plays against the run, too, and it was nice that they were able to rotate him off a little bit more than they had in past weeks because the defense just but you know had a lead like you talked about and they were able to try and do a few more things get guys like Bullard and Cornelius Washington more involved Washington had that a couple of nice plays as a pass rusher too and he, and even on the back end you know Amos played another solid game I thought Tracy Porter was fine when when he was healthy and then you know obviously started getting banged up a little bit and the secondary <laughs> cracked a little bit here and there but really great job by the front seven Phil is there anybody else that stood out to you specifically from there I thought you can't deny Leonard Floyd and his traits there standing out to me. Thought he played a whale of a football game, really came with balance and power. He really shows his best trait is his um, relentless motor, that he doesn't want to stay blocked and goes after the quarterback. He showed me things tonight. Granted, it was against, and I know – People on Twitter have pointed that out. It was against a, a banged-up offensive line, terrible, however you want to put it. But, again, some those same guys couldn't get sacks against other banged-up offensive line. Yeah. You win by momentum. You teach winning. And, and when you do that, you ultimately have success. Yeah, I mean, we played, we played Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Uh, the Texans, does, they don't have that great of an offensive line. You know, uh, Green Bay doesn't have that great of an offensive line, and we did not we did not uh, pressure, you know, Bortles, Rogers, Luck the way we pressured Bradford tonight. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, I mean, guys are getting more. Our front seven is getting healthy; they're getting more comfortable. But also, I think a lot of it has to do with the lead that we actually had, it gave Fangio the freedom to actually, to, to dial up, to dial up different, different, different looks. I think it's a two part story, Joe. You had a big lead against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You blew it. Missed tackles. Yep. You don't, you didn't feel the same energy. Remember the Jackson, right. Jacksonville Jaguars game. It was um, at home as well. And the momentum of that football team should have been done. Look at how poor those Jags are. I really think the support system, Jay Cutler being back, clearly, I mean, you'd have to be the most ignorant person on the earth to think that his presence on this football team wasn't the difference in the whole game plan and the way this, de- the way this defense was inspired and felt confident that this offense was going to score points, and they were going to ball out, and they did. And and there's no way to overlook that whatsoever. I thought Jarrell Freeman continues to play a great game. I thought Danny Trevathan showed you some good things and then really gave away a couple points with his freelancing, and he dropped an interception. Yeah. But, you know, that was tough. And Akeem Hicks, as well as he played, we got to get these guys coached up. The flag on Cornelius Washington is ridiculous. Don't care. I've coached this game. I know. Guy steps a foot on the football field. He is warned by a step back. What are you doing? You're not throwing a flag unless you're trying to create 
a, a situation of, of control or power or stupidity. Now, granted, they weren't throwing a lot of flags. That was a crucial play, a sack fumble. What I was getting at, Hicks has to be present to pick that ball up. Every ball that falls yeah. should be picked up. That would have been the Bears football there. That was a sack fumble there. And it's disappointing because we remember that tough loss to Green Bay could have been a victory. The story and narrative about Cutler could have been different had it's a two-way street, people that are listening. Jacets, please call in. We love you because, honestly, I'll be the first guy to debate the reality of the situation against anybody. Defense tells a story of every great quarterback. you got to understand it's a team game, and, and the guys that give you the best chance to win stand out. And tonight, that Jordan Howard, that defense, Jay Cutler, I thought Zach Miller played a great game, and it was just an overall good game by this whole team, and the coaching staff yeah. didn't cost you here. And and Joe, I think we're gonna we're gonna let you go here and get some other callers. In we've, we've got some a, a high volume tonight, but thanks a ton for calling in, Joe. And uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, Thursday for our preview show. Joey, absolutely. Bear down, guys. Thanks, Bear Joe. Later. Joe. Yeah, think you were talking about a lot of guys across the board all deserve credit for their play in this game. I mean, it's hard to find guys that didn't play well. I mean, I think Devontae Bowsby falls into that category. I think uh, Charles Leno falls into that category. And uh, yeah. right, right on that topic, speaking of guys that uh, never seem to perform, we've got Shane Marsa <laughs> calling, into the, calling into the show now. Shane, I know you've been, there he you've, is. You've been ringing my phone like crazy trying to get in here. What, what do you got to say? I just want to congratulate BJ Rydell on the good game tonight. <laughs> Shout out to BJ in Minnesota. There you go. Got what you deserve, boys. Sorry. <laughs> you ran into a buzzsaw. Just deal with it. Go home. Enjoy uh, Sam Bradford, your first-round draft pick. It's all good. <laughs> Listen, let's talk about this, though, for a second in all seriousness. This Minnesota Viking team, myself included, thought would come in here, take those second-string guards and make their yeah. way with it, force and create a difficult time to run the football and make Cutler make bad plays. The whole game was won by this offensive line in the presence of Jay Cutler and Jordan Howard. <laughs> Shane, where has this been? Inspired football in Chicago has been missing. It's It's pretty funny when your feet get held to the fire how you uh make some changes pretty quick that can be for the you know be for the betterment of the team so for <laughs> is as much as we want to call ourselves experts i mean let's let's be honest other than phil nobody is an expert but <laughs> <laughs> but really you know what i mean it's just it's for it to get to this point it's just it's just been sad and i mean I don't want to be a Debbie Downer after this big win, but none of this means anything, guys. And you guys know are very well aware of this. If we come back after the bye week and and lose to Tampa Bay, none of none of this means anything. You know, Absolutely. we all thought we, we all thought we turned the corner last year in Lambeau Field on Thanksgiving night, and then how did we come back from that? We dropped three straight games. So these guys got to start stacking stacking these wins and, and confidence can go a long ways but you you have to prove it on the field at the same time but 
Yeah, I, I could never understand really the whole entire game plan from Minnesota. It was it was almost like watching a Chicago Bears game plan leading up to this point because I said, it, boy, it's just I didn't understand it. I said when you thought that they should have picked up the tempo, they were they were just taking their time and. And like you said, Phil, with with the Bears, you know, you can say whatever you want about the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. The Bears offensive line is just as banged up, and the Bears' entire team's not as talented as Minnesota. So it says it says a lot. And I think you know he got guys like Charles Woodson and Lance Briggs and Alex Brown and Jim Miller running their their mouths about Jay Cutler. But um, obviously, the speech that he gave um, to the team got everybody got everybody motivated and uh Pernell McPhee said that uh you know he he inspired the whole crew and they they gave him the game ball so wow wow you know well and, but, but didn't you hear Shane that uh John Fox said there was no truth to the rumor that or to the to the report that yeah. there's a consultant I mean Ian Rappaport just lied yep. you know he wrote a whole story well, about it and lied, right? John Mullen reported, uh, Moon Mullen reported the same thing tonight, too. So I said, it's, you know, typical Chicago Bears fashion. There's going to be <laughs> two completely contrasting stories. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out. But John Fox, after the game in his press conference, they asked him directly about that, like you said, Lauren. And he, he uh, brought up Jay Cutler and he said, you know, yeah, maybe Jay was part of the reason why these guys stepped up tonight. You know, maybe that's why. That's, that's and I sad. said, so he's, you know, it's, it is, it really is. And we all know that Jay's not the perfect, perfect quarterback. There is no perfect quarterback, and the Bears are far from a perfect team. But this is a pretty big win in a pretty dark season so far. And for your head coach to get up there and even. T- it's not a real big dig, but it's just something that doesn't need to be said. And unprompted, you know I mean? too. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's yeah. almost like you're emphasizing that to cover your ass. Yep. It's, and that, to me, is why I took to the Daily Dose and spoke out. It's not about Jay Cutler. It's about winning football. Do you honestly think yeah. this team can't win? Now, ultimately... Former head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Sam Ritigliano, said to me this week, Phil, sometimes it only takes a little humble pie to inspire a football player to become the greatest leader that you've ever seen. And he compared it to some player that he had with the Browns benching the guy, and ultimately he earned his way back, and then everybody was inspired. It sounds similar to what he... He was looking at Jay Cutler. This is your opportunity. Now we're hearing the stories about Jay giving an inspiring speech to this team. You know, outsiders are going to laugh. You're, you're one in six. But exactly what Shane Marshall just said and those fans at home, how different does your week feel after a goddamn Bears win? I don't care what you're trying to sell. We're not going. I don't care about the draft picks. You know, they're 50-50 gambles. Winning is the impetus of success. That's how the John Fox is a liar. He's a fraud. And it's unfortunate that he's punished this football team. And I think that's the inspiration 
that ultimately showcased out there on the football field by the whole team. And I'm going to experiment with something here, bringing on a second caller at the same time here as Shane Marsaw. Look at see this. How this goes. Uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you, where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Joe. This is the second Joe of the night. <laughs> we get a lot of Joes. Joe. How's it going, guys? Joe, what were you feeling out there? I was feeling an angry Bears team today. A couple angry players playing angry, which is nice to see for a change. Absolutely. First of all, first of all, I want to talk about um, you know the performance by the rookie tonight. I think uh, I think that was pretty impressive. I think he played a little bit angry. Which one? I think he might have been. I think he might have been a little bit angry because uh, last week, you know, you know, he wasn't given the opportunity that he's been given on a week-to-week basis, and he wanted to prove once again that he was, you know, the better of the backs on this team. So it was nice to see him finally kind of solidify the the fact that he is the best back on this team. So let's uh, let's keep giving him the rock because that's essentially what we have to do. What do you guys think? Did you kind of get the impression that you felt like at some point they were going to just force the ball to Jeremy Langford on a number of carries just because he's the starter? Uh, you know, I, I'm with Phil. Uh, you know, I, I like Carey, too. Uh, you know, Kadeem Carey, I think, had some potential. Um, but it, it, it was, it's obvious watching Jordan Howard that he, he just got something special. You know, he's got that it factor. And I was a little surprised, you know, in that Packers game to see Carey get more carries than Howard. And I, I, I didn't really know why that happened. Um, I felt like Howard kind of proved himself over the, you know, the few games before that, that he should be, you know, the leader as far as handling the rock on the team. I, I'm a little bit old school. I, I believe that, you know, running back needs to touch the ball in order to get into a flow of the game. And you saw that today. When, it was, when the game was on the line and it was time to seal the deal, you know, Howard showed that he could carry the load. And that's what I want to see in a running back. I don't like to split splitting carries with guys and you know that's just my mentality and my my way of thinking and, and you saw it tonight you saw that this kid's a special player and, and you know and it, and it just it opened everything up you know it, it opened everything up for this team it was nice to watch you know that's really a great point Joe bringing that up because I said you look at a guy like Jordan Howard and he's one of those big backs that the Chicago Bears really haven't you know rostered lately at all and these guys they may not be super effective in the beginning of the game but um the more <laughs> what just happened <laughs> but uh, you know the more they get lathered up they're gonna impose their will on the uh the number one defense in the nfl and i think you really saw that in that final drive when he was just i mean he does not come down on first contact and it's boy it's a, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. You can say whatever you want to say about Matt Forte. He was a good player, but he he didn't bring that element to the Chicago Bears that you could just he was going to line up and he was going to blow people up and you know they're going to bring an extra guy up to try to stop him and he's just he's dragging people and he's chewing up yards and chewing up clock at the same time. The other thing is he was punishing arm tacklers and yep. making and breaking their will. That kind of force an inside run game that he can actually then take it out and get out onto the edge and run like he did really threatens this team. And it really contradicts everything that John Fox and company have preached 
throughout the whole offseason, then get into the season. This is the guy. We saw it, talked about it in August, the way they went about it with trying to force Langford out there in the early part. And then, as Joe said, and as Lawrence said, two points. I felt like I just couldn't comprehend how, and I know Shane talked to me in private, that how are they not feeding this kid the football and, and giving him the go, the green light? They didn't. And then, yes, Lauren, I felt like, oh, now they're going to bring Langford in and try to say, well, wait, Langford's our guy too. And they didn't, thankfully. But that Jordan Howard piece of the puzzle is something you build around. And that's where we need to go in the future. And it, it seems to me like he's kind of the Purnell McPhee of the offense. You know what I mean? It's like, or at least a healthy Purnell McPhee of the offense, where even McPhee had a quote after this game, said, I, I hope it pisses everybody off. That's what I hope. I hope it pisses everybody off and know we can dominate the league if we really put our mind to it. We just played a great team and we dominated them. So it got to piss everybody off and say we shouldn't lose no more games to teams that we ain't got no business losing to. And that's sort of the the <laughs> mentality that you see with Jordan Howard on offense, that he doesn't really care who he's running at or who's trying to tackle him. He's going to run over him, run through him, run around him, and get extra yards on the play. Well, I bet you P.J. Rydell's pissed off, too. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> this, this is a great defense. I mean, this is not a defense that you just say, hey, I'm going to run the ball, and you're not going to stop me. You know, and kudos to finally, uh, you know, this – the coaching staff to finally say, okay, we're running the ball. Let's keep running the ball. I mean, there's been times this year where we ran the ball successfully and we just went away from it and no one knows why. Finally, finally, you're watching the game and you're like, okay, we're going to keep running it until they stop it. Even though there's a, even though they're a great defense against the run, we're still going to run it. You know, I mean, that's what football is all about, you know, and finally, you know, and then that just opened everything else up for Cutler. I mean, and, you know, you know, just there's a lot of good things today. You know, the Bears are the Bears are two and six, and I'm sad about that. But it was nice to see Cutler get out there, the true leader, the true number one. There are starters, and there are you know backups. And the bottom line is Hoyer's a backup, and Cutler is a starter. And you saw it on the field today when it came down to sealing the deal, making the big play. You give him a running game, he's going to kill you, and and he showed you that tonight against a great defensive team, you know, against a tough team. It was it was nice to watch. And, Joe, we want to thank you a ton for calling in. I think we're going to we're gonna open this up for more people. But I uh, definitely hope you join us next week and, at, and Thursday at 7.30 for our preview show. All right, guys. Take care. Great. Have a great night. Great stuff, Joe. But, you know, he does – I mean, he, he brings up the same – it's the same kind of thing we've been talking about weekend after week. And finally – we see it, you know, it actually comes to fruition in a football game. And uh, the NFC and NFC Poobah was, was commenting, too, on, on the chat that uh, Jordan Howard was everything Cedric Benson was supposed to be. Do you guys okay. agree with that assessment? Oh. Let's not ruin this show. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, right? Maybe, maybe you guys want to talk about Benson Cade McNown, too? <laughs> Curtis Enos? Curtis Enos going once? And, you know, and, I, th- I think what we do have to bring up two guys as I said you're looking you know even Ryan Pace was taking some you know taking some heat this week from some people you know you're you're seeing kind of their I mean I know the Minnesota line was was banged up but you're seeing these guys like Jordan Howard you know you're seeing 
uh, Leonard Floyd take another step. You're seeing these young guys starting to step up. You see Pernell McPhee put together. I mean, to me, he looked much healthier tonight than he did last week. So I said, you're, you're, you're starting to see these guys that, that Pace is invested in starting to string these, string these games together. And I said, that's, that's something we definitely need to monitor, you know, in the, in the coming weeks and heading into the bye week and possibly getting some, getting some guys back. You know, we're, we're talking about our defense stepping up and we got this big old, uh, Eddie Goldman probably mm-hmm. coming back for Tampa Bay. And I think he's, he's as big as he is. He's kind of easy to forget about, but I said, boy, you see Akeem Hicks, another pace signing stepping up and you, you pair him with, with Eddie Goldman and you got Leonard Floyd and Pernell McPhee. This, this could be something pretty fun to watch. Absolutely. Shane. I think you're, yeah, I was going to say one guy that's missing. was Will Sutton. Yeah. Just, you know, he just, does enough. Him and Unrine just do enough. I thought Corn Wash played a great football game. I know he got the penalty. It was dumb on his part, but really shouldn't have been called. I'm sorry, guys. I've never in my lifetime seen a ref looking for something like I did there. I understand technically the rule says that, but there's so many technicalities. You know, uh, Cam Newton should have gotten a flag on that roughing call. We can go on and on. Should have, should have, should have. But the reality is the guy is a really good-looking player at that five technique. I really thought he played well, and I thought the young kid Bullard played pretty well too in the yeah. run game. You know, he deflected a pass in there. So did Cornwash and Hicks. I, I just – Look at this football team. I think one point I want to make, and I want to hear you guys talk about, is I like the direction. I I don't like the head coach line. I don't like this chapter verse, ah, this is the end of Jay. I just think with the quarterback class coming in and this football team and a look around the league at quarterback play, if this was the game plan, there's no way this team isn't 4-4 four and four with Cutler healthy. There's just no way. And you're right in the hunt, in the mix, you know. And this is how you should build this football team going forward. Get a young quarterback, as you said, Shane. You put this pressure. Jay's your leader. Jay, we're going to sit. But, you know, he understands there's a future. But I just don't think you just go with a rookie. I just think that... This was telling on the national stage. This is what you could do. And you're right. They got to back it up in Tampa and go out there and set the tone again. You can't just, okay, we did it, and now ease up on the gas. Okay, one thing that I, you know, we're all into this and we're all focused on the Bears. And I said one thing that I don't think can be overlooked tonight is to bring up Cornwash again on that flag that they threw on him. Mm -hmm. Nine times out of ten in the past – the Chicago Bears, with that call going against them, were going to fold. They were going to go down. They were going to give up the touchdown. They didn't do that tonight. They actually had another play that was very questionable when John Fox challenged the, oh, yeah. the third down play. And That's I said, I don't, I don't think those little things like that can be overlooked because so many times in the previous weeks and even the previous years, you know, with these Bears teams, they they would fold up when something like that would happen. Yes, they gave up the three points, but I, 
I really think that that was a positive step, and I really think that's something something that you can build off going forward. It may not make a lot of sense to people, but you guys know what I'm talking about. A lot of times, these Chicago Bears teams they get that call against them like that, and it's oh, here we go. I mean, I felt it that way myself. I'm like, man, they're going to go down. They're going to give up a touchdown here. They, and to their credit, they did not. They did not do it, and they and Tonight was the first time in how long that we've seen four quarters of, of solid football from the Chicago Bears, really on both sides of the ball. I mean, they had some questionable plays, but we got four quarters tonight, fellas. And I'm trying not to get too, you know, too hyped up, too yeah. optimistic just because of how bad the Vikings offensive line, at least, at least when the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I think the offensive was super encouraging. You know, it was a very well-regarded Minnesota Vikings defense, but from the Bears' defensive standpoint, the way they shut down the Vikings' offense, that was so... I, I hate to get too excited about it just because of how bad the Vikings' offensive line was, but at the same time, you can't poo-poo on it all. And we and we do have another caller on the line. Caller, uh, uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? Um, This is the Bears' den. Oh, um, yeah, we hey got Bacchus. you. There he is. What's hey, up? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Man, I'm pumped tonight one game <laughs> i i was just waiting all game like holding my breath just waiting to see what was going to go wrong with this team and they pulled it out and they were flawless tonight they got over by the refs a couple times but it didn't matter tonight i think shane's point was one that's well received by my end and watching this team for 35 years of my life seeing that kind of stuff happen and then the whole complexity of the football game goes out the window and you give up a big touchdown and they're right back in the game a game that you're dominating and a game where you just could have had a a turnover picked up fumble a strip sack now turns into a big gain a penalty and a first down and a touchdown and they overcame so much tonight i don't think People really know that, but they really did the the mantra of Cutler and not running the football and the defense being banged up in the secondary. There was a, a great showcase of great players stepping up and young talent coming to play. And those Floyd and Howard, you know, Zach Miller on a re-sign coming in and being a big part of tonight's win. Alshon Jeffrey, your franchise player stepping up after he dropped some balls. And Jay Cutler, it can't be said enough of what he brings to your football team. He's like a closer in baseball, you know. Some of them are going to throw a fastball down the middle and they're going to throw strikes and they're going to strike people out. And then some are going to get hit sometimes. And, And that's the part of the game. But to say that this guy doesn't give you the opportunity to win where is the starting point from there if you go away from him? You have him till 2020. If you want to keep him another two years and find the right guy to replace him, then you do it with a plan and a program that's truthful and focused. Could you just talk about a plan? Yeah, last I heard, we don't have a plan. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Phil, you brought up the secondary. And, I, I mean, I know this isn't really – talking about the the game tonight but we got this trade deadline coming up tomorrow you think i i think bears fans should kind of pay attention to that because i said i wouldn't be too surprised if a 
some sort of a secondary move isn't made made tomorrow because boy they're getting they're getting pretty barren back there in the secondary. But are they going to give up a young asset in a losing season to try and add to this? You know, what I mean, like, is it worth? I mean, unless it's a you guy, you take a yeah. flyer on a guy for a sixth or seventh round pick, right? But, but at that point, are you be getting an upgrade? You know, I think you're getting an opportunity to define football talent that's better than what you have. So yeah, I'm willing to give up a pick that you can recoup. That's gotta happen in this football team. I agree with Shane. Yeah, and you even saw a guy like I think Jonathan Banks got released today down in Tampa. So, it's, and he's a he's a long cornerback that Vic Fangio likes guys like that. So I don't know if that's something that they'll maybe even try to claim. But trade deadlines tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, so that'll be definitely worth watching. But we can I have a feeling it'll be a quiet one unless the bears have another player yeah. to send to the Patriots, but I don't think that's going to happen, but we also have another caller caller. Do you have any ideas for the trade deadline? Or was there something else you wanted to speak on? Uh, this is AJ from Chicago. How are you guys doing, Shane? How are you guys hey. doing? AJ. What's up, AJ? Hey. All right. So a few things about the game. I thought the bears played a very good game. Um, it's going to be, it's going to feel very, very good tomorrow. Um, and all that stuff. So, I mean, you guys mentioned the secondary. I really wanted to call in and um, give my two cents here. Um, I I think the Bears are going to make a move tomorrow. I mean, I think it might be Porter going to the Colts, and we get maybe a fifth or sixth round pick. That's all right. That's just that's just me. You think they're going to go thinner in the secondary? They're going to get rid of somebody? Yeah. They need to keep bodies in there, AJ. Yeah. They- they hardly have I know, I know. Like, it's just that. It's, it's just that. Uh, it's just like Porter just plays like so far off, and like he doesn't make that that interesting play that we all want to see. It's just like he keeps on screwing up, and like I mean, like there's um, Busby's making plays out there, and then I mean, Is I mean he? we can get what we can get, but I don't yeah, know. But at this very same time, I think. I mean, I, I think we all kind of get what you're what you're alluding to, AJ, and he's not the the perfect guy, but also at this point, he's kind of the tallest midget, and we we need that yeah, we need that, that tallest true, midget yeah. because that is true, yeah. about that. we don't want a bunch of atoshians running around back there in our <laughs> secondary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to call in and um, say a few things here. I mean, I thought. Jay Cutler played a hell of a game um, coming back. And, you know, I mean, all this talk about, like, you know, all the connection from Alshon Jeffrey to Jay Cutler. I mean, like, they're just knocking rust off. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey was um, catching balls from Brian Hoyer. They're, like, either a mile away from him or, like, overthrown by Brian Hoyer. I mean, like, it's, it just feels great for Alshon Jeffrey to start playing with Jay Cutler again like he used to. So, I mean, they're just knocking yeah. rust off. And by week, yeah. week 10 or week 11, we're going to see Alshon having, like, six or seven touchdowns by now. And then we'll see. I mean, like, it's just too early to tell. I mean, just give it some time. They'll gel in. Yeah, that touchdown, I think, is going to go a long ways because I said he's been putting up some yards, but uh, getting in the end zone is going to be a a big confidence booster for for Alshon moving forward. And then you're stacking the confidence that he has in in Jay coming back. and. Boy, the emotion that Jay Cutler showed today after that touchdown and after that, Zach Miller first down. Uh, like I have, I have never seen that from him. Like because like either ESPN cuts it off or Sports Center cuts it off. But I've seen it on replays, and he he's charismatic and he's a 
very he's a very very good player. And I mean, yes, yeah, we're going to have the drafted quarterback, but I think, I think for a year or two, and we'll see. I think Steve Young and Charles Woodson were running to the cameras to get them turned off of Jay Cutler after he pulled <laughs> yeah. a touchdown pass. Yeah, you know, it yeah, didn't I heard quite fit their the didn't quite yeah, didn't quite fit their narrative. But uh, no, yeah. it is. It's nice to see. And yeah. everybody knows that Jay's a lightning rod, but you, you see him throw a touchdown pass or a big throw like that, and you see him turn around and give that, like, Tiger Woods fist pump and and start, you know, walking <laughs> off the field. That just that lights a fire under the whole team. I think the speech that he gave and the players going out of their way to define it is also very telling with fitting the piece of the emotion on Jay Cutler. I think this whole situation is going to get glossed over, but the reality was it is what it is. We all know. There's no way around. These, what these players, did. these defensive players, they they came to play for Jay Cutler. His return to this Bears team is very important. I mean, it may not be important because we're sitting at 2-6, and six, but, boy, if he didn't get injured, we're probably looking at a 5-3 and three or 6-2 and two record. Probably the second or third best team in the NFL. But that's just me. But, you know, the games that we should have won, it's the same thing reflecting off of last season. So, I mean, like, it, it's just should have, could have, would have. I mean, from now, so. And, and we are starting to get low on our time here in the show. We're just over yeah, six sure. minutes left, so we'll let you go here, AJ. But thanks for calling sure. in once again. Thanks, Hopefully we'll hear from you again next week. <laughs> All right. Call you guys next. And we do have one more caller. We're going to sneak in here for the last six minutes of the show because they've been calling in a few times trying to get on the air. So real quick, one quick final thought here before we have to wrap up the show, caller. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, this is the Bears desk again. Uh, sorry, my phone died, and I had a lot of plug it in. I've been on Twitter since the game was over, and it fried my phone. <laughs> yeah, we can tell. It's 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 breaking up a, de- a decent amount, very robotic. But uh, go ahead anyway. We'll we'll power through it. Um, so I live in Denver, and I go through this crap every single day about Cutler. Every time I wear my Bears stuff, which I represent twenty four seven, and. I am so sick of hearing about, oh, you guys need to get rid of Cutler and you guys will be better. Um, after what I saw tonight, and I was that worried, I knew that he's the guy, and you know what? He gave fire to the whole team. It was not just offense. That defense fed off of him, the whole team. And then Alshon Jeffrey talked in post-game about how Cutler gave this great inspirational speech, and all these analysts are just shocked by that. Come on, the guy has not changed. He's done the same thing. He's just getting such a bad rap. I'm just so sick of it, and I'm just so happy to go into work tomorrow with a big-ass smile on my face and just <laughs> my middle finger glaring in my office. <laughs> All right, thanks a ton for that. I think that's a good that's a, a good call, call to end on here. So uh, thanks for that, and hopefully you'll uh, you'll join us again next week. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate everything you guys do. Keep up the great work. I love everything about your guys' site. Uh, keep it up. You guys do the great thing. We Bears fans really believe in this team and know that hopefully something good's coming in the future. And we appreciate all the good, good stuff you guys bring. Thank you. We really appreciate that. Thank you, brother. But I, I think he does put a good bow on it about how, you know, it's it's funny how like it's so obvious to the people who actually pay attention to this team, but the national media guys that take the take this talking points that their producer and the research people hand them about. Jay Cutler and the narrative, the, the simple narrative that they can produce on TV, and then all of a sudden they're shocked 
when they see this guy celebrating first down, celebrating sacks. And they, I think one of the sideline reports during the game said he was celebrating a special teams tackle running onto the field after the whistle had been blown, so no penalty, of course, and celebrating with the guys that made a nice stop on a punt return, I think. And, I mean, it's it's like, no, duh. You know, like we, we've all, we all know this, but yet it it doesn't seem like, and we talked about this on the podcast, it doesn't seem like anything's going to make a difference, really, in the story of this guy until he wins a Super Bowl. The one thing we can't do in a miserable season you just went out and dominated a team that all the experts, including myself, didn't think you could do. So there's no crow I'd rather eat than that. The reality is they did it beyond what anybody thought. They actually put their face into the turf and did it appropriately. And that at home where they hadn't won. So, And I think it was a direct shot at... I think Jay stared in the face of John Fox and had that, you know, that kid on the in the Karate Kid say, "Put him in a body bag, Johnny." <laughs> and Jay Cutler like just just did it right to John Fox, to the Minnesota Vikings, to B.J. Rydell, to everybody <laughs> else, and, and they won that football game tonight in a massively in a massive upset and in a dominant way. As Shane said, it can't end there. The impetus has to be support from your coach. This is our team. We're freaking fireballs going into the bye week. We are going to be focused on our game plan to attack Winston and get another W under our belts. And we've only got two minutes left here, so I, I think we're going to wrap up the, the actual show here. I want to give a shout-out to Kari Thompson and Matthew Balsley, who have both been – they didn't call in, but they uh, they chatted in the uh, chat. Balsley wanted to – Wanted to give a shout out to Mitch Unrein playing fullback on that touchdown drive or the touchdown run from Jordan Howard on the outside. He was the lead blocker on that. He said, "That's my boy, the pocket knife, Mitch Unrein, who should be starting at guard." Right? Put him at guard. Yes. I mean, with, guard. he's better than Eric Cush. Am I right? Yeah. Can he? Can he punt? Our special teams guys, real quick. Last notes. Ninety seconds. The punt returner and the kick returner. I tweeted out, I hope Doc Thompson doesn't do something stupid. He does. <laughs> you know, Take let's me. get this let's get this cleaned up. Bring up Braverman, Thompson goodbye, and let's go. And don't forget Cravon the Blanc making a few mistakes on the punt return. Could have been worse. Could have been much worse if he's supposed to get touched that one that Oh my God! I thought, I, 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 when at first glance, I thought that went off his foot. Dude. Yeah. Like, oh, I, no. honestly, I thought he touched it. I go, here we go, for God's yeah. sake! All right, but we are we are really winding down here, so I'm gonna have to gonna have to wrap it up. I want to thank everyone for listening to this edition of Bears Hour Live. We'll be back Thursday night at 7:30 p.m. Central Time to preview. Or, excuse me, we have a bye week, so we're gonna figure out exactly what our bye week is. We might not do a Thursday show. We might wait till next week and take a week off. We'll figure it out. We'll tweet it out. But certainly the Thursday before the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, we will be live at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. And then 30 minutes after the Buccaneers game, we'll be live again, breaking it all down. So for Philatoshin and Shane Marsau today, I'm Lauren Cox, and this has been Bears Hour Live.